the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and today we're blessed to have David Witt. David from a wonderful organization named The Spirit of Martyrdom. David, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Julian. It's great to be back with you and uh, just to share stories of what God's doing around the world. Amen. And the title of this series is The Kingdom and Its Stories. And so what's that all about? Well, obviously, it's God's kingdom. And what is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is where those who follow him do his will. It's It's where people like me, like you listening on the radio, where we do his will. We are God's people, and that's his domain. Of course, God, God controls everything. However, the point of here and now is about David and what he's doing and about you. Are you going to be doing what God calls you to do, to love your neighbor as yourself? Yeah. But before we come to that, David, tell us, first of all, a little bit about spirit of martyrdom. What, 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 what's your vision? What, what's your core function? Well, I, I remember on a plane one time, I'm talking to a fellow CEO, and I told him the name of our nonprofit corporation. And he looked at me peculiarly, and he said, did you take that to a marketing company? (laughs) We are different in this world. But, um, you know, I I think especially those in today's world that are really looking for the concrete answer, the hope, the peace that we find in Christ is we are different. And and God takes us out of his kingdom. And when we get the new nature of Christ, he gives us faith over fear. And spirit of martyrdom uh, really comes to that word martus or witness in the scriptures, and it, and it means a credible witness, um, and it's a, it's a legal term in court, but it's a kind of witness that will not compromise, even with threat and with suffering and death. Uh, so it's kind of, kind of compromised where there's corruption in court, and someone says, well, you either tell the lie and make us look better, or reverse your schedule, uh, story, or we're going to kill you, um, or we're going to hurt you, you're your family. And, and, and that's what, and it's used um, in Scripture 34 times in Scripture, and I think it's a great state for people to, to uh, work on. But that's part of my story. I mean, really, the ministry came out of what God had done in my life, of really freeing me from fear um, and the brokenness of this world, to freedom to just, as you talked about the kingdom and story, um, the kingdom... I love God showing me is God's is authority and it's his order. So when we hear God and obey him, we're working in his order and kingdom. And, and that's what the Lord's grown me in 
to be able to give me these this network of relationships around the world in many of these nations. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, as you say, you know, you probably did need a bit of help with your uh, marketing campaign because when you do think of spirit of martyrdom you think of like wow whoa you know where, where do I sign up to die you know it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. yeah you know oh, I'm in I'm in on a bit of that you know it's uh, yeah. uh however as you say you know martyrdom in the word in the Greek word of witness of one of testifying through not only through teaching the word but mm-hmm. through living out the word being a witness to to your neighbor um is what your organization is is all about but you were talking about your story and so to tell us a little bit more about 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 david you know you, you and i have been on the uh internet a couple of times but but what, what's david's story what what transformed you from whatever you were to mm-hmm. someone who seeks to utilize their life to to go out and to share the word and and by looking at your website and in your book uh it's not always a case of uh just witnessing with your your neighbor next door, but actually something that does involve people uh, in uh, dangerous situations. Yeah, we, again, what, and I'm connected to my story, but because of what God's done in my life, I, God's connected me to people who are uh, living victorious in the sense, because really the spirit of martyrdom is life, not death. And they're living, because they're living by faith, they're able to do whatever God tells them to. And so we have truly God-sized stories of the miraculous of life be transformed. And that all started with me. I'm a PPK, a Presbyterian pastor's kid. So I always tell people there's hope for all. If God could save a Presbyterian pastor's kid, the frozen chosen. And uh, so I, um, I grew up in a very godly home, Julian. And really at a young age, I remember at five years old, I accepted the Lord and I was zealous for his kingdom. And, 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 and because of that, the Lord gave me a high moral conscience. Um, you know, I, in my life, I wanted to please the Lord. I was, I was zealous. I found out later I was zealous without knowledge, but I was zealous. And, and so, and so therefore, you know, the basic uh, principles of, of the scripture, I kept to a T. I, you know, I, I've never had to rebel for my parents. I, I've never been drunk. I didn't go either by drug uh, stage or experimental, you know, things. I was a, you know, I'd love to venture and certainly somewhat of a risk taker, even when I was younger, uh, just uh, exuberant youth. But um, I had a love for, for Jesus uh, and even started the evangelism team, did all these things and became a youth pastor. And I was actually a successful youth pastor. Uh, one fourth of the high school, in Colorado, as a uh, city out there, it's Steamboat Springs, if anybody is from Colorado. And, um, and, and it was really rocking and rolling and we were having a good time. It was like the Lord came to me and said, David, you want to do it my way now? And I was 25 years old, Julie. And because God began to show me, I had all this activity going I had the exterior of ministry, but I lacked the interior of the heart. And that's what's scary. And I think I'll probably connect to a, a segment of your listening audience here who are doing, have you know, grown up in the Christian culture, the evangelical culture, been saved, uh, you know, experience and, and, and walk in the Holy Spirit. But, but there's something lacking. And God showed me there was lacking fruit in my life. I was, uh, you know, kids, quote, unquote, were converted. They're saying the prayer, but their lives were still a wreck. Um, you know, and, and God at one point said, David, you preach love, but you don't have love. And, and that was devastating to a pastor. And so I went to a seven year, Julian, for tw- age 25 to 32 of the year, totally peeling me apart like an onion, 
showing me all this religion I had and showing me I was eating from the tree of knowledge of good and bad, you know, good and evil. And so um, God showed me and I see I was eating the good fruit, you know, and judging those who were eating all that evil fruit, thinking I was better. But God showed me that it's the same tree, the tree of rebellion. And then he began to contrast that with the tree of life, which is that living relationship with the creator of the universe through Jesus Christ and what that really meant. I'm still growing in that. This week, I've just got some great insight. Um, and so anyway, I um, so God, through that, in the midst of all this, planted me with the persecuted church. And I began to read their stories and through a ministry called the Voice of the Martyrs back then. And they had gone to Promise Keepers and and they had a booth there. And I signed up for it. And for now, I'm seeing the genuine article of believers who are laying their lives down, who their loved ones are being persecuted, put in prison, and even some put to death, and yet returning a better good for evil and keeping faith and meeting in the underground, the, the house churches and these restricted nations. And I was profoundly moved and changed. I thought, wow, I didn't know this kind of Christianity existed. And I began to see the contrast in my own life. And that was the process through seven years. At the end, Julian, I think what's the most important to mention is that when I saw that my heart was still in rebellion, even though I accepted the Lord and, and I and I had the Holy Spirit in my life and and I had all these things going, I, I lacked the, tr- the exchanged life, the transformed life of the inner nature of God. And because I saw that God through that time was judging my heart, my heart was full of pride. I didn't have the outward signs, but I had the inward pride. And God opposes the pride, but gives grace to the humble. And there was a season there that I I didn't know if even if I was going to heaven, because I saw that Jesus said that he would judge the Pharisees Mm. with even a greater standard. And they were twice the the children of Satan. And, and, And God showed me I was a Pharisee. Uh, and so God had to show me what it meant to get out of pharisaical religious addiction and come to freedom of the life in Christ. And so when he brought me at the end of that season, he brought me Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. And the, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, what tense? And I, and I, and I realized, wow, I've been crucified with Christ past tense. Um, Wow, wait a minute, God, I don't feel like past tense. I no longer live past tense, but Christ lives through me, present tense. And it was like the the Lord said to me, David, you're going to have to decide who's going to be master, your opinions, your thoughts, your emotions, or my word. And right then I had to die. And I said, okay, God, I had uh, my opinions, my thoughts aren't going to matter anymore. If you said I've been crucified Christ, I no longer live, Christ lives through me. That's the word we're going with. And that was a transformation, uh, you know, or an epoch moment in my life. So now that I was humble, he could use me for the persecuted church around the world and unreached nations because I was prideful. You know, I was built up myself. Um, and that was the foundation that laid for the spirit of martyrdom because he changed my nature at that point. So let, let's unpack a few bits. So, you know, there's many of us, you know, have read the Bible and uh, have an intellectual assent. You know, there's bits we don't understand in the Bible. I've got no idea what that bit means. And did, did that really happen here and whatever? But, but, but you know, we're working through those bits. But I do have an intellectual assent, you know, that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Uh, and that it's probably a good idea to do what he says. Yeah. Know, so there, there's that intellectual assent. But 
what you were saying from from yourself in your life was you had that and uh, you were saying the right words the words of love and of sharing and caring and loving your enemies that's but, correct but you, your brain had kicked in but your heart had not aim yeah my, that's right my god showed me my heart was far from him because i had self-righteousness i was and isaiah says that self-righteousness uh, you know is anathema to him i mean that he opposes self-righteousness so here i am thinking in my mind i'm saved i'm a righteous guy i'm i'm holy and god when god showed me my heart i was far from him and that was scary yeah yeah, so it's so kind of like the the uh, the proud Pharisee and the sinner in the temple, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I'm good with you because I've given a tenth of this and, and whatever, you know, and so, but but it, but in your heart, was there sort of, or in your mind, was there sort of an aching of, you know, I, I, I should be all right, but I'm not sure if I am. And, and so, yeah. so what, what was that jump from intellectual ascent? I know about God, sounds good to i know god you know that that relationship what 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 produced that jump and the reason i'm asking is there may Mm -hmm. be people listening now who go you know i've read the bible um but god just seems like a million miles away you know i'm not i'm not talking about he's always there right in the chair next to me but i don't if i'm honest have a relationship with jesus christ um you know what 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 brought you from being an intellectual uh depository <laughs> yeah. to a son of god well i think again it was the breaking of the lord jesus cuz scriptures tells us that jesus is the rock in which men stumble and fall but woe to those in which that rock crushes crushes in the scriptures is judgment so either jesus is going to break us the old man or he's going to judge us and that's eternal and and so Christ and through the Holy Spirit came and showed me my depravity. And when I showed, you know, that and again, I was like Paul, you know, Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, who, you know, kept the law, was zealous for the kingdom. And yet when I saw God that judges the heart, he gets past all that, I was wrecked. And um, and I realized I did I'd make that standard so that when he showed me exchange life, that I deserved hell. When I really saw that I deserved hell. Um, he, and he, and exchanged his nature with my nature and truly changing my heart. That's when my heart was impacted. I had a heart transplant <laughs> from the, oh, from a hard heart of Jeremiah, heart of stone of uh, that pride to the heart of God. That was when I started really hearing from the Lord and walking in freedom and the fruit of the Holy spirit started coming with that true love that, you know, the, the joy, patience, uh, you know, and, and all the rest, my life was now different. And, and so that, so God has to do that heart transplant. And that's what connected me and set me up now to serve the global church in persecuted and restricted areas of the world. And we'll come to that in just a second, because, you know, you, scripture says, you know, one man can plant, another can water, but it's only the the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit that, that brings it to life. And Amen. so many, there are a number of, uh, of our youth who have, uh, gone to church and uh, um, profess a knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. But, you know, it's kind of, you, you get to that point where it's, do we have a living relationship? Because that that's really the power, isn't it? That's really what brings the faith to life, that transforms yeah. the person, how they view their lives and what they're going to do with it. And so 
So, David, what are you going to do with your life? What happened? So you, were, you were 25 <laughs> well, and uh, you were preaching a youth leader. And then um, suddenly God removed the, uh, the Formica the, uh, and uh, really exposed uh, a heart. And so, so what, what, what happened with your story then? Well, <clears throat> through the middle of the whole thing, half of my whole story in the seven years of breaking, I'm reading those stories of the persecuted believers around the world. And being moved and inspired and seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit of true love uh, over evil. And um, and then I, I so the Lord then connected me with uh, for 10 years. I ultimately worked for Voice of Martyrs and um, wrote the book, uh, Fearless Love in the Midst of Terror. And that but what God was moving in my heart, what it meant to be a credible witness, what it meant to live not by fear, but by faith. Now, think about the reason God showed me in my heart why I had so much self-righteousness, why I was so religious, because there's that shame and brokenness in our heart. And all of us want to want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel righteous and we want to feel like we're going to heaven. So even though I knew the gospel, my heart still carried brokenness and fear. And so when God then changes our nature, we no longer have fear anymore. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of, mm. but of power, love, and sound mind. And, and so now we come a, a fearless witness unto death, martyr. And, and so now I'm connecting and seeing that. And so then 9-11 happens. And immediately I, with that, I saw that was a false uh, counterfeit martyrdom because in Islam, the ultimate uh, deed of this uh, in Islam is martyrdom. And that is Muslims, um, you know, basically uh, their lives, they lose their life in the propagation of Islam at the detriment and destruction of their enemies. But the scriptures is the antithesis of that. Christians give their lives for the benefit and blessing of their enemies. And I thought, whoa, and that's the spirit of Christ, because Christ called himself. I mean, Christ is called the ultimate martyr, the faithful one, Revelation 1 5. And um, and, and so that I just and I saw that spirit being um manifested and demonstrated throughout the you know difficult, restricted areas of the world. Um, and so I wrote that book, and that and that ultimately launched, ended up launching Spirit of Martyrdom, where Voice of Mars gave a blessing in 2008. We started this ministry. And, and the reason we start this out is to build intimate, deep relationships of fellowship of leaders, you know, uh, that are risking much for Jesus. They're willing to pay the price, but they lack the tools and, they, and encouragement. And so the Lord started just bringing right along my path, these amazing believers who were living the, the life, you know, of really um, out on a limb for Christ. And uh, as we came and made friendships with them, we were able to start assisting them with practical support and resources, funds. And that's just exploded now. The work that we even see now during COVID, uh, sections of restricted areas and that were very hard in the past that revival is happening and lives are being transformed. And I get to go on those fields. And I've been to 53 nations now, many of them restricted. I've been in war zones. I've been in prisons. I've been in all these places. And Julian, none of that would have happened. If God wouldn't have transformed my heart to from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, 
of life. Um, and so that, again, that's why I think that's so foundation, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So now he allows me to have the faith, the wisdom, the understanding to hear from him and obey, to build these relationships and visit in on the field in these areas so that the kingdom of God is advanced. And it's been glorious. And I can never imagine I would have done that before. It, it's kind of, it's kind of reminds me of the disciples, you know, before Pentecost, you know, and we're up to that point, the disciples are like, you know, calling down fire on heaven to kill people. And, and they're having arguments about who's the greatest. It's like, no, I'm, I, I, I'm number one. I'm uh, Jesus's right hand man, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, but it, you know, so these bumbling guys, uh, but then when the spirit comes upon them, you know, in Pentecost, they're out, you know, into the market, marketplaces and all these things, proclaiming Jesus Christ fearlessly. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that seems to be, you know, well, what happened to you and uh, what happens to all who, who do have the Holy Spirit and who therefore are committed to sharing about Christ. And so tell us, well, before you do, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're uh, blessed to have David, David Witt from The Spirit of Martyrdom. And The Spirit of Martyrdom, a uh, catchy little uh, name, is uh, really about sharing God's uh, word, God's life-saving gospel through word and through deed, sharing it around the world. And so, David, back to you. So with The Spirit of the Martyrdom, tell us about uh, your missions. How have you spread the word of God into uh, places around the world world both through word and through deed yeah you said a loaded word there how we've done it julie i'm so humbled by the lord that it's his goodness in us that how he has done it. i've been able to, the lord's allowed me in his grace to participate <laughs> i feel like oh, and i've oh, been man. talking about how he's done it so um you know our mission purpose is internationally serving leaders who risk much for jesus and that encompasses well our heart and so like in uh, india i was just thinking about india's 10-year anniversary that we connected there uh julian and in 10 years has been nothing short of miraculous you know our our our, our director there says it this way if it's man done it's believable if it's god done it's unbelievable so for those who's hearing i'm about to share some unbelievable things so you can only understand it through god's lens so in 10 years now God has been able to get uh, Dalits, low caste, over uh, 6,800 uh, workers, Indians, uh, trained as church planters. The average church planter in what, 12 months when they first graduate will uh, plant five churches. Unbelievable. They're so zealous. We, they're not supported by us. We just offer the training. We have to support, but they're trusting the Lord even for their own income. We don't, this isn't centralized. This is God working in their lives. They've, they've been, we've trained uh, nearly 3,000 lighthouse ladies. They're ladies, widows without a skill, um, illiterate, many of them. They, they're trained in the sewing um, skill and discipleship. Then they take those sewing machines home. They have a micro enterprise at their home and they're, they get to have a, a business to take care of their family, but they share the Lord with everybody coming through. And then as people respond, they point them towards the house churches. Well, that's, uh, that's just exploded now throughout India now. And in 10 years, they've seen over a, a, a million uh, responses. And now people, uh, you know, uh, serving the Lord, listening and obeying, uh, advancing his kingdom. And their lives have been transformed. Many of them are broken. I've, I've interviewed many terrorists there. One man who, uh, he, he said he delighted, especially beating women and children. You can imagine where heart is there, because he felt like Christianity was 
advanced through the, the mothers, especially through children. So she, he wanted to take that seed early and he was a very devout Hindu. And so he, um, he, he would, in his region, he, he was part of a very, you know, again, militant Hindu wing. And so any Christian activities or anything, he would go and he'd, he'd beat them, you know, destroy their house, whatever it took, right? So this one day he, uh, he hears that there's a Christian, secret Christians in his own village out of, he couldn't imagine, they were having a secret uh, prayer meeting. So he goes and he, uh, he listens and he hears them uh, in whispering in prayer low, but I mean, they're just, you know, they're bamboo walls. And, um, and he hears them talk, praying that Jesus would be Lord over their village. All oh, that, that was it. He had enough enraged. He took a big log, crashed the, um, the door, beat all the believers in there, ran them out. And then they find the owners of that, that little hut where they lived and told them never to have a meeting again like that. Well, then that those people, he said, surprised him because instead of being fearful, instead of mistreating him, hating him, they begin to be gentle with him. They begin to love him. And he began to wonder in his mind, said, what kind of God do they have that they would be so kind to me back? And so he began to ask questions and they began to say, well, their God was a lamb of God, was from the creator of the universe. And God came to the people as a lamb, as a sacrifice. And he had never heard of that because in, um, you know, in Hinduism, there's uh, all the gods are fearful. And so he ultimately went to a house church and um, and heard the gospel He's transformed his, he, he came a, a church planter. He went and reconciled with everyone he had hurt. And now he's a mighty witness uh, for Christ today. That's the kind of power that God's working wow. in India and around the world. Goodness. Um, so you, you, you throw out uh, quite a few numbers there and my head sort of spinning in, in, uh, in delight. We're going to um, have you back on uh, David, because we have uh, run out of time. And so you've been listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and we have uh, David Witt from The Spirit of Martyrdom, and we'll be hearing more from him. But now you go, go do likewise, as Jesus said. How can you reach out and love your neighbor? Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.